Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deliberate Connections, the podcast all about deliberately connecting and the impact it has on our world. I am your host, Christiana Frank, a consultant in education, corporations, and mental health. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Deliberate Connections. This is Christiana Frank, your host. I am so honored today to be speaking with um, someone I have met along my journey, Joe Van Hackey. And I'm going to do a little bit of a brief introduction because I have come to know Joe through the Applied Improv Network. And I know him on the side of applied improvisation, but there are so many of us out there doing so many neat things to deliberately connect with those around us, with ideas, and right now, especially with COVID, with the world at large. Um, So Joe, Joe is um, a, a gentleman who works in improv, and his work has really been able to build valuable and long lasting connections. And he's using his workshop to build these connections and is really talking the talk of improv just isn't for actors anymore. So, um, Joe, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Christiana. I'm really excited to be. Yeah, I'm just so. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to have you. You know, I I always have these list of questions, you know, because I I want people to be able to say, you know, this this is where you learned your stuff and and this is your passion, you know, and why you get up in the morning. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, where you learned improv, you know, why it matters to you and and when and where you're teaching. I know that's a lot of questions right now, but especially just where you learned improv and why is this something that gets you up in the morning? Uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. I started uh, in the late 90s. I had moved down to Kansas City and was living with my, with my best friend. And he said, I think you should audition for comedy sports. I think you'd be really good at it. I had never heard of comedy sports. So we went to a show. I was blown away. Um, that might've been a Friday show a week later, they had open auditions and, uh, I made it onto a a cast and went through five, six weeks of workshops. And before I get stage time and I, I haven't stopped since then. You haven't stopped since then. And so, you know, I see like, you know, the listeners that might not be privy to the improv approach. It sounds like you joined maybe a short form or long form comedy improv troupe. Yeah, comedy sports uh, focuses on short form uh, games and skits, and then it's set up in a competitive athletic fashion for its 90-minute show. It's a lot of fun, and you really get uh, the audience engaged. Uh, About three years after that, I moved back to Des Moines, joined a group, and then started my own troupe. Um, And that's where I started dabbling and getting into long form, which really is where uh, I really like to play most of the time, but I'm really feel comfortable and adapt at jumping between short form and long form, as long as I get out, get to get out there and uh, and just be myself. 
Oh, you know what? Just a side note and kind of an I statement over here. But, you know, if you get any of those long forms on Zoom, you need to let me know because long form with that memory and recall is always a little bit more of a challenge uh, for my nervous system, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I ask, I ask everybody, you know, and I know it's kind of a, a key term, you know, what is your why? What is your purpose? What is your passion? But you did mention when you replied to me that, you know, you're saying improv isn't just for actors anymore. And could you speak a little bit about your mindset on that? Yeah, it's in this world that we're living in now. And then whatever we can imagine the future would be like, we're going to need these skills that improvisers after a while, just, they don't even start thinking about it. That idea of I'm going to slow myself down and, and listen to you completely and wait till you finish your sentence before I even start thinking about what I might be saying, uh, taking time to listen intentionally and with curiosity to help build that connection and build that rapport. Even if it's somebody that you are never going to see again after this five minute interaction, you never know what kind of effect you might have on that person. Um, so these, these skills that we use in improv, you don't need to become a performer. You don't need to go on to second city or, or IO or go on to Sunday Night live to put these to use in, in your day-to-day -day life. Um, my, my life has changed for the positive since I really bought in and started applying our general rules of improv outside of my improv world. Yes, and I know, you know, th this this method is getting a lot more attention these days, which is really exciting. You know, um, we're, we're seeing it just pop up more solidly in corporations. You know, so many studies coming out of Oxford and Yale. And, and I'm now seeing things um, in Stanford connecting it to the mindfulness and the trauma-informed learning. So, you know, it just seems like, it is, it, it's starting to get a little bit of a light on it. And um, I see more people asking questions and curious about it and curious about how they can become teachers or how they could learn more about it. And so um, an, another thing I was wondering is what is one thing you wish you had known? I mean, cause now you're a teacher of improv. So you, you, you took improv, you, you fell in love with the idea of what it can do for the brain and, and the communication strategies. But is there one thing that you'd wish you had known before you started teaching improv? Yeah, there, there is. Um, and so let me give you a little bit of backstory. I started off teaching uh, by working with some high school troops that were competing in the Iowa High School uh, Speech Association contest. And if you're not familiar with that, Iowa, their speech uh, association really does a great job of having an annual contest uh, where you can eventually make it onto Allstate. And they have categories such as readers' theater, choral reading, short film, um, and then group improvisation is one of them. Uh, a friend of mine is the drama teacher at one of our local high schools and asked me to come coach her improv teams because she had no, no, she doesn't really delve in the improv world. She's more theater and choral reading and one act play type stuff. Um, I accepted the challenge. The first thing that I had to really step back is you got to come prepared. It's not like a show where, yeah, we've been rehearsing, but we don't have any idea what's going to happen. Um, and it's not about you. It's about transferring that knowledge. So 
after the first or second rehearsal where I went in and just tried to dance and tried to improv my way through a rehearsal, I realized, oh no, I, I have to come prepared. I have to remember what my foundation was and how did that develop and what did I take away from my initial workshops that I can bring in to these new workshops with these high school kids that have been doing it on their own basically. Um, and I had to like break a lot of bad habits uh, a lot of no's, because no's get a laugh, but they also stop a scene. Um, but once I figured out, okay, do a better job planning, then everything else really came about full circle. You know what? I'm going to have to yes and that for sure. <laughs> um, because, you know, I think a lot of folks that we that I run into um, doing this method is they just assume that you're walking into the room and everything is instantly created in that moment. And there's really no rhyme or reason, which, you know, in fact, when you step back and you you watch a skilled facilitator either running, whether it's comedy improv or applied improvisation, which are two different approaches, either one, you're asking the facilitator to go into the environment, meet the people where they're at. And yes, there's improv in there, but would you agree that as an improv facilitator, you almost have to have, you know, just... I don't even, I want to say hundreds. I, I don't know the number, but you just want to have a radical amount of tools, you know, in your toolbox because you don't know what the participants are going to be coming out within the moment. And so you need to be very prepared. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm constantly trying to explain to people like, yes, there is this, this light of being in the moment and, and speaking off the cuff, so to speak, but the preparation and building your brain in a way that it can respond versus react is, is quite a process. For sure. You have to be intentional about what you're doing. If you're working uh, an applied improv workshop or series of workshops, you need to make sure that you understand your client's goals or objectives. What do they want their people to get out of this series of workshops? Then that's when I understand that. That's when I reach into my bag of tricks and like, what, what activities are we going to do during this series of workshops? Um, definitely. But also, and this is the great thing about being an improviser is we have this huge bag of tools and if a workshop is going left when you wanted it to go right, but you feel, oh, it wants to go left. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to ditch half my plan and reach into my bag of tools because now I've got other things that we need to discuss and we need to participate in. Um, I'm thinking back to a workshop I gave uh, earlier this year in January. Um, there are two, two, two sets for two, two different sets of uh, uh, class, classrooms in a high school, talented and gifted students. Uh, the first one went exactly as I planned. The second one, about halfway through, we hit a note of, oh, we need to talk about status some. And I dropped the rest of my plan, pulled out some status activities, and did those. The conversation was so rich and so vivid. It was just fascinating to watch these students really dig into the concept of status and how we're always playing the status game and, and how can we work around the status game to, to approach each other more equitably equal equally and with a lot of equity 
Oh, Joe, you know my excitement. Right now, I just want to crawl through this microphone and start jumping <laughs> around in your room. I, I'm saying I'm serious. It's like that, that is that is where the passion of this method for, for myself lies as well. Is you know, it's not a canned approach. And it is definitely letting the flow of the room go in that direction. And the facilitator needs to really be ready for that and, and confident enough and then have enough resources to be able to to impactfully take it in that direction. Um, you, you've done some really great work and I hear that you're working with gifted and talented. Are, are, you, are you mainly working with um, K through 12 education or what is your focus with this method right now? I'm, I'm really kind of balancing two worlds. I wanna spend more time working in the business world and also keep a foot with K-12. I uh, firmly believe that emotional intelligence, social emotional learning are all valuable skills that we really need, especially in this time. And then moving forward, whatever the future brings for us. Um, I know social emotional learning is highly, highly talked about in the K-12 world. And every time I read about it or check out the, the list of competencies from Castle, I just sit and go, oh, I can use this improv activity for that and that. And then we talk about emotional intelligence and business. It's really the same thing. We just don't want to say social emotional learning because adults kind of get maybe a little hesitant. Um, You mentioned earlier the trauma-influenced or informed, sorry, trauma-informed classroom. My last year teaching at a high school uh, really got into uh, a case study uh, over a number of weeks about uh, trauma and how it affects our students. And again, all I'm thinking of is like, this this work that I do can be so beneficial and helpful. Um, I'm not here saying that with improv, we can cure everything, but I really believe that we can give teachers and students that are suffering with trauma, we can give them tools that they can use and rely on to help get through an episode where a student may be triggered or when a teacher doesn't realize you're pushing the wrong buttons with this student, let's back off and let's see if we can get them out of their reptilian brain, calm that amygdala down, and can we get back to a sense of, of the ability to work with each other? Oh, you're talking the brain, Joe. You're talking the brain. I love it. I, I'm going to have to get you back on here and we'll just nerd out on. I was actually thinking of calling this podcast and last year and I was thinking about it of nerding out on neuroscience because <laughs> at the end of at the end of the day, I mean, improv speaks to model when done correctly. I mean, there needs to be the understanding of what we're doing, the thinking about thinking, you know, the repetition uh, and all that. But it is definitely dancing very, very complementary. Is that even a sentence? It's dancing well with modern day neuroscience and psychology and not needing to create um, instances or role plays out of the blue. But again, seeing what's happening and where the interest of the participants are and building off of that. Um, and I know for myself too, it has created safety net. I always say improv saved my life. It gave me a voice. It also gave me ears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. It gave me ears. Uh, I agree. Improv did uh, save my life and, and be a little vulnerable and honest with you here. There was a time that I was really struggling with uh, depression. Um, won't go into the backstory of how that happened, but uh, it hit a point that 
basically I would go to work and I'd come home and I'd watch three or four hours of friends reruns because that's all I felt that my friends were. Uh, but the one day I looked forward to was rehearsal nights of like, man, I get to go home and I get to go to rehearsal. This is going to be great. And for those two and a half hours of rehearsal, just all my problems, I just set aside um, and was a completely different person and got to play in that room and let, let the neuroscience, the brain and the amygdala calm themselves down. Uh, not saying I did it all by myself through improv, but I really credit improv as, as helping me make it through that, that dark stage of my life. Well, Joe, I got to tell you, I am so grateful to have you on here. I mean, when you think about deliberately connecting, I always think about improv, you know, and I do have people know that that's kind of one of my favorite jams, so to speak. But <laughs> I have guests coming on that are grief recovery counselors and superintendents and all of this. But you've really got me where my heart is with this improv. And, you know, with this unique situation we're in with COVID, uh, we're able to get in touch with each other, you know, across the world now, and people are getting more comfortable with that. So I just want to, if people want to find out more, you know, cause you're working in corporations, you're working in K through 12. So if people wanted to find out more about, you know, your process and perhaps follow you, um, how could they find you? Uh, you can find me on my website, which is uh, inspirememrv.com. And that's Mr. Just M-R. Once again, inspirememrv.com. Uh, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, Joe Van Hackey, or Inspire Me, Mr. V. And on Facebook, uh, I have a corporate uh, business site set up on Facebook of Inspire Me, Mr. V. Awesome. Joe, thank you so much for being a guest on the show, Deliberate Connections, and keep up that awesome work. And I'm going to make sure I circle back around and get you again. <laughs> Christiania, thank you so much. This was wonderful. I had a great time. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, the next time we get to talk or even work together in a Zoom workshop. Those are always a good time, too. Oh, 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 oh I'll be emailing you about that. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to uh, it. Thank you everyone for listening. This is Deliberate Connections with Christiana Friend.